from Boys and Girls It Is Old franchise. Come on in, come on in, come in, take your shows off, leave them at the door. Uh, it's all wooden floor anyway, but you know, still, nice to take your shows off, unless you've got holes in your socks. If you've got holes in your socks, I'll save you the embarrassment. Come on in, sit down, uh, let's do some housekeeping. Housekeeping. It's, uh, this is Franchise Buys Games, this is episode 2. It is the world's best gaming podcast, probably. Uh, it's not. It isn't. It isn't. I just wanted to kick off with a massive thank you to everybody who got involved with the pilot episode of Franchise Buys Games. It's been coming for a long ass time, and when it dropped, I was, I mean, I was riding on the back of the success of the Happy Accident podcast. Yeah, which is doing really well, better than I could have hoped at this point. And that's a it's a long slog in this podcast game. I was riding on the back of the the success of that, and I thought I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna jump into it, do some solo content. See if I've still see if I still got them chops. See if I still got that solo content chops. And given the fact that people have already left five star reviews, people got involved on Twitter. I had messages coming in. I had people interacting on Twitter, all of which started with. Your influenza, which is what I'd requested, uh, and that was fucking. You made my day. You made a thirty-three-year-old small boy smile and do happiness on the inside, and then outwardly, with uh, small, violent dances and general, general body excretions. Boys and girls, this is episode two of Franchise Buys Games, and today you'll be like, oh. Your influenza, what you been buying, what you been buying now, you big idiot. And to that I would tell you, Metal Gear Survive. Metal Gear Survive dropped. So I got in on that. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I've been buying this week, Metal Gear Survive. In that gaming world, obviously I didn't want to overbuy. I didn't want to saturate myself. Because I'm still addicted to Monster Hunter, bear that in mind. And Metal Gear Survive dropped... And bought it on Friday, which me and confidant in the gaming world, powerful young James Campbell, referred to as Metal Gear Friday, which also sounds like an even worse spin-off in the Metal Gear universe than Metal Gear Survive. Metal Gear Friday, in my head, was just Snake's Day Off. Metal Gear Friday, colon, Snake's Day Off. And in it, he did some washing, like he put a tumble load in, uh... Uh, he went and saw the, f- the the family. Maybe he's got nieces and nephews we don't know about. Maybe there was more in that Les Enfants Terribles program. Uh, you know, maybe he went to the park. Maybe he did some yoga. Depending on which iteration of Snake we're talking about here. Are you talking about Metal Gear Solid Snake? Are you talking about Metal Gear 5 Big Boss Snake? Maybe he went and got his metal horn polished. Who knows? Who knows, but Metal Gear Friday sounds like a downloadable only game, which I'd probably still get involved in. Metal Gear Survive. <sighs> I'm going to go off the bat, right? Before I get into it, before I give you the most unstructured breakdown of my experience with this game to date, uh, I will say, off the bat, yes, unfortunately, the game is good. Now it's getting a shit ton of heat on the internet, and that heat is partly deserved, but partly there's a lot of heat on it from people who haven't even touched the game because of the hashtag fuck Konami situation, where Konami have essentially forgot who the fans are, Konami 
the, the fucked off Kojima. Now, Kojima in the gaming community, Hideo Kojima is is the closest thing to a god you're going to get in the gaming community for his work on the Metal Gear series. And rightly so, like, what he's done with that series has been nothing short of fucking phenomenal. He's a visionary, a visionary in this field. And I'm almost certain Death Stranding, his next project, is pr- probably going to be fucking unreal. There's a worry there. I'm not going to get into Death Stranding. That's a topic for another time. But could Konami fucked off Kojima, the balls up Silent Hills and PT. PT was phenomenal, by the way. If anybody didn't play PT, I do feel heartily sorry for you because that was that was something else on that shitty pants scale. PT was right up there. So Konami comes out, announces. I cannot remember when. Somebody feel free to. Uh, correctors on Twitter. I don't correctors. I didn't really say anything wrong. I just said I can't remember when. I didn't wrong. It's a very factual statement. They came out and dropped the trailer for Metal Gear Survive, which was supposed to be like when you first saw the trailer, there was like, what the fuck are you doing with this? Like you you literally just clagging the Metal Gear name onto a random game. The most convoluted storyline I've ever seen. Clutching at straws for this to be a Metal Gear game. Absolutely clutching at straws. It could have just been called Konami Presents Survive. And then it could have had a similar storyline. The story's dog shit, by the way. Utter dog shit. Doesn't fit in the Metal Gear universe at all. Doesn't deserve to have the Metal Gear title. What's happened is they've gone right. Kojima's gone. We need to put a game out. Uh, what do you fancy? Should we knock out some pachinko machines? Nah, we've done loads of them. Like we've done, we've probably. I mean, Konami are probably a pachinko machine company now. That's what they are now. They're a pachinko machine company who, once in a while, hauls out the Metal Gear license f- f- in nothing more than a cash grab. But that being said, I will refer back to the first statement I said that unfortunately. This game is good. Now let me deep dive into this. Let me let me fucking get my wetsuit on. Or a dry suit. Wetsuit sounds more fun. Climb into that wetsuit and just dive right into it. Stick a pair of flippers on. And just get right down to the muck. Get down to that seabed. Troll that troll that seabed for whale corpses and loot. Doubloons, doubloons which have fallen from pirate wreckages. See, this is why solo podcast was never a good idea. I got nobody there to keep this ridiculousness in check. But let's get into it. Storyline, dog shit. I can't even give you a brief plot synopsis because my plot synopsis would go something like this: Metal Gear Five happened, uh, and then. During Metal Gear 5, when the main players fucked off from Mother Base, they, they did what they needed to do, they fucked off. If you played Metal Gear 5, you continued their story arc. Then, back on Mother Base, while that was falling apart, somebody opened a portal to hell? That's it. That is it. In a nutshell, that's the plot. Somebody opened a portal to hell... And a load of random people who you, as Solid Snake in Metal Gear 5, gunned down, ended up in hell, infected with some sort of unicorn 
head infected with a unicorn head parasite? It's literally this bad. This isn't just made for comedy effect or not really knowing how to string a sentence together. That's how bad the plot is. I mean, oh where? Somebody at Konami's just gone, right, Kojima's gone. The visionary's gone. The guy who writes these unreal stories in the Metal Gear universe is gone. We need to put a product out. We own Metal Gear, which is... We're going to whore it out. Of course we are. We're going to take Metal Gear... We're going to put a pair of little black French knickers on her. Going to put a pair of suspenders on her. Stick her in a nice push-up bra. Uh, and then put a nice little face of makeup on her. And then we're going to sit her in the corner and just let let people have a go. And she'll be sitting. And Konami's got like a maybe a blade in her ribs. It's, you will smile for me. And the Metal Gear's crying but pretending she's having a good time. I'm, I'm having a really good time. I promise. I'm crying about something else. She's in the corner weeping while she's just getting fucked by everybody at Konami. Because uh, uh, Kojima must be looking at this game thinking, what have you done? What have you done to my baby? Because that was his baby, you know what I mean? But anyway, Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> Did I tell you this wouldn't have any structure at all? I'm not a reviewer. I'm an influenza. You know what I mean? This is what I do. So the story's dog shit. Konami knew they had the Fox engine. Which is a fucking stunning engine. An absolutely stunning engine. There's not many engines look as pretty as the Fox engine. They've got the Fox engine. And they're like, right, let's let's put it to use. What should we do? Nobody sat around that table and went, oh, I've got an idea for a new interesting IP. They just went, ah, oh, well... This guy once wrote fan fiction. This guy once wrote a fan fiction about a portal opening to hell. And then this guy probably stood up and went, Yeah, I did, it was really good. Seven people read it on my blog. And then they've just been like, Alright, well you're the new Kojima, so let's do this. Here's Metal Gear. How come we crowbar a ridiculous story into this? So you end up in hell, a place they call D-tier. Which I can't for the fucking life of us remember what it stands for. It's like... the di- it's like an acronym of something, and I can't remember. It's that shit. I can't remember it. You end up in hell, and then from there, you get the longest pre-game I have ever seen. You're getting a good, blah, forty minutes of cutscene, and we're not talking Metal Gear level of cutscene here, by the way. We're not talking about award-winning level of cutscene. We're talking about the most shoddily put together production. In one of the prettiest game engines there is available. And it's just dog shit. And a lot of the people who bought this game and turned it on, I've got no doubt. You got to drop off in that first 40 minutes of people who were like, what's this? Why can't I just play? Right, I'm done. Turn it off. Shit story. Dog shit. If you suffer through that 40 minutes of pre-game, then you'd get into what I'd probably call the prologue. And then you've got an hour to two hours of more convoluted shit where the, you land in hell and there's all these fucking unicorn heads running around and you've got a, the remains of Mother Base that also got sucked through a fucking portal inexplicably and it's just scattered all over this world called Data and then you're there and you're like, right, this is what you've got to do now. No real... Nothing other than that. That's it. You're on hell. This is what you've got to do now. Go and get their memory boards. 
And what I said there was memory boards, not emery boards. However, if the AI in the game, which is the center of your base, had turned around and went, your mission, Captain, is to secure some emery boards, I'd probably think, aye, that, that fits the bill. Given what I've already experienced, that is no more or less weird or shit than than I was expecting from Metal Gear Survive. So this whole time, you're suffering through it, you're suffering through it, there's dog shit cutscene after dog shit cutscene, there's no story, and then all of a sudden, about three to four hours in, you find yourself in a, in a state that I can only describe as enjoyment. This is like, if you suffer through them first four hours, you're in for a bit of a treat, and it pains me to say that. It really does pain me to say that. I wanted to pan this game so fucking hard. I wanted to just push its face into a pillow and just go to town on it. I really did. But I can't. I can't. I literally, I've put about, what, I'm 10 hours in now? Ten to f- the 10 to 15 hour mark, probably, somewhere around there. And by golly, by golly, what was an absolute utter steaming pile of dog shit seems to have blossomed in a, what I can only describe as quite a capable survival game. And if they'd done away with the 40 minutes of dog shit and the ridiculous two-hour tutorial and took the name Metal Gear off and just called it Konami Survive, this game might have actually stood a chance. It really might. Now, what I've done is I've made a few little notes here on my iPad because I thought, you know, once you get going, franchise, you start a ramble. You start to do a bit of rambling and then people drop off. Well, I don't know if people drop off. It's only the second episode. That's a bit of a wild assumption to make, really. But people, I can't... Unless it's a conversation where you're bandying backwards and forwards, you need a bit of structure. You need a bit of structure for the listener, especially if I'm not bouncing off the iPad. So what I've done is I've made a few little notes here. The first one simply said, long-ass pre-game. I think we've covered that. The second one I've wrote, campaign is hard from the get-go but not necessarily for a survival game. Now, what I mean by that is, aye, it's difficult, but there's still a level of hand-holding going on. If you play any other survival game, like, let's pick a couple from both ends of the spectrum, right? Let's have Ark, Survival Evolved. That fucker dropped you in with nothing. Not a fucking thing. Not even... Not even a hint of a stabiliser while you were trying to learn how to ride that bike. They dropped you in on a Harley and they were like, hey, crack on. Very hard game. Then look at the other end of it. Let's look at another indie title like Don't Starve. Don't Starve also had very little by way of hand-holding. And the the same's true of Metal Gear Survive as true of them. You've got your tropes in a survival game. And those tropes... Is your hunger and your thirst. You've got to manage them fuckers. And then you've got like... uh, What you would describe as like a base management. So you're building the base and then managing the base. In Metal Gear Survive there's an added element of that of crew management as well. And then like... to Which links back into your hunger and your thirst. There's like the farming element. So you're either building water purifiers or you're building farms to feed yourself. Not unlike Minecraft in that way. 
whereby if you're going to make a long ass fucking game of it, if you have, if you're playing survival on Minecraft, you're setting a farm up. You know what I mean? You're setting that good farm up. But I wouldn't particularly say this Metal Gear Survive was a difficult survival game. I'd say it was a little bit fucking iffy on the the hunger and thirst management. I think it's a bit it's a bit brutal on your hunger and thirst. But like once you start getting into when you get your head around that and you you're like right, I know I need to kill these animals to eat or eat vegetables or you get to a point in the game where you set your farm up, it becomes less about I'm playing a very bad use of the Metal Gear license to like I'm playing a very enjoyable survival game that isn't that isn't constantly pushing us to the edge. You know some survival games where you're constantly on the edge of death and you're worried that the next step that's going to be the one. Like I'm not going to be able to fucking survive another three seconds here. I've run out of stuff. In Ark you're eating your own shit by this point. You're like I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. There's a bloke over there riding a fucking dinosaur that's got metal armor on and i'm here with a stick and i'm eating me on shit that's what art was metal gear survive i've never been there i've never been to them depths i've never been to the depths where i'm having to eat someone else's shit because i've already ate my shit i need to eat somebody else's shit i've never been to them depths in survive i've i've died a few times but that's because it's quite quite difficult like the melee combat game if you get mobbed, it's, it's quite a difficult game to, to to fucking handle, really. Especially if you're not managing your hunger and your thirst, and you're not rebuilding your health and your stamina quickly. That's the link. Hunger and thirst, if you keep them well maintained, your health regenerates faster, your stamina regenerates faster, and you can fill more of your health and stamina bar up as it is regenerating. Your hunger and thirst start depleting, your general overall condition comes down, you can't replenish that health, you can't replenish the stamina, you try to run away you're fucked, you're just fatigued, so there's there's that, there's that element of it's not necessarily the hardest survival game I've ever played, what I did notice is, like, when shit starts to open up, and you start having to do your base management, and then, yeah, I get lost in shit like that, I forget what I'm doing, the same could be said for Metal Gear 5, once I had Mother Base on Metal Gear 5, you spent hours fucking hours doing shit on there fucking fallout 4 building settlements there i put fucking i don't know how many hours into fallout 4 and i achieved fuck all because all i did was try to build the best settlement i possibly could i was essentially a property developer at this point and the same the same's happened again in in metal gear survive i've got this base and i'm not at the point where i can clear rubble away so i'm trying to build everything around this rubble and I'm just, I, I just imagine myself standing in the middle of the base with a hard hat on with A1 blueprints folded out several times. Just like, oh, Gary, this won't do. This won't do. I mean, what the fuck is this, Gary? Come on. How am I supposed to build seven potato farms when there's a bridge clearly sticking out of the floor? Can you do something about this, Gary? I don't think you can. And it, it's that element where it's starting to grab us. It's starting to grab us. Like, I find myself just fucking loitering about the base, looking at stuff like, well, when's the potatoes ready? When's the potatoes ready? I've got crew that are dependent on us. And I'm just like, listen, Susan, I need you to get the fuck off my back, okay? I've planted the potato farm, but I can't... I'm not God, Susan. I'm not a potato god. I can't 
make the potatoes grow any quicker than they already fucking are. So, do you want to fuck off for a minute, Susan? You and Gary want to go fuck off somewhere and think about how to get rid of the fucking bridge sticking out of the floor, Susan? Hmm? How about you go tell the rest of the guys potato dauphinoise isn't on the menu for tonight? How's about that, Susan? Go fuck yourself while you're at it. It's that element where I just get totally fucking lost in it. I'll tell you where they did fall down. I'll tell you where they did fall down. I'm really, really enjoying the single-player campaign at the minute. You know what would make that better? Make it a multiplayer campaign, Konami. Make it a multiplayer campaign. You've put a multiplayer suite in there, which I've tried, which is fucking hard, by the way. I thought, ah, level 6, level 7 or 8, one of them. I, was, I wasn't level 1. I'd, I'd, earned, I'd earned some stripes by this point. I'm fucking jumps into a multiplayer session again often mentioned powerful young James Campbell main name jumps on in jumps into this multiplayer session thought oh we've got a decent level here the first mission says it's easy be a walking apart this it'll be like it'll be like the tutorial multiplayer mission it's essentially a horde mode a waved enemy mode survive three waves and protect this while you're doing it Bye, fuck, that was odd. Level 20 enemies. Level 20 enemies? On easy? There was only two of us, you mad bastards. How the fuck are you supposed to do that? I had seven bullets. And what I didn't realise was, anything I've got in the campaign transfers directly into the multiplayer and vice versa. So I thought seven bullets in the campaign, ah, that's fine. I'll jump in the multiplayer. There'll be a crafting suite available. There'll be a multiplayer loadout available. No, no. I went in... With the same hunger, because I'd ate all my sheep and forgot to go and kill more sheep. So my hunger was down. Thirst, I was alright on the thirst. I'd been drinking, I'd been drinking that dirty water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Needs must. Needs must in this game. If you've got dirty water available, even if I'm going to spew everywhere, if that water's going to make me go on a violent whitey, I'm not bothered. I've got some fucking tums. I've got a packet of settlers in the pouch i'll just chew a few of them i'll neck dirty water till kingdom come because i've got these good got these good busker pans i'll chew a few of them i'll be fine so i went in seven bullets and a machete a rusty machete that i hadn't been maintaining so that fucker was on the verge of breaking forgot to do that jumped in a multiplayer thinking ah piece of piss level 20 enemies bah nope got fucked royally fucked Jumped into another one. We managed to get another couple of players in. That went better. Uh, Nowhere near as stellar as it needed to be. So the multiplayer, I feel, your multiplayer suite, links directly into the game. There's a correlation between how much time you spend in the campaign and how much you're actually going to enjoy the multiplayer suite. Why did you not just fuck that ridiculous multiplayer suite off? All the time and assets you put into that multiplayer suite. Just put them into making the campaign multiplayer that's where the enjoyment is because you know what it is there's an element of the game whereby it's called the fog and you it adds another element into your fucking long list of survival things you can't be in the fog without an oxygen mask on so then you've got to maintain this fucking oxygen supply that you've got as well but when you go into the fog everything ramps up a level it feels it feels very Division Dark Zone. You know that the first time you walk into the Dark Zone, I'm, I'm almost certain a lot of people listening to this have 
played the division. The division took the fucking world by storm, fell on its arse, lost its player base, pulled itself back together, to be fair, it picked itself back up, and now the division's probably better than it's ever been. Uh, I haven't jumped back in like it. When it fell on its arse, that was me gone. Something else came along. But that first experience in the dark zone, when you walk through that fucking door, and you're in the dark zone, and the whole feel of the place is different, and it's that, they've captured that, you walk through the fog, your visibility's gone, yeah, the enemies are fucking everywhere, these little weird unicorn men, everywhere, the the level is a, a higher level than you expect when you're not in the fog, and you're creeping about, and there's just an added element of tension, which they've nailed, they've absolutely nailed, spot on, but I tell you what, I far enjoyed walking into the dark zone on multiplayer with me pals walking in and you're all sitting there and you're like, fucking hell, I am shitting myself. The first time you walk in the dark zone, man, that feeling when you're like, this is lo- this place is lawless. This is a lawless land. I'm walking in. Rules don't apply here anymore. Like, out there in fucking the rest of New York or wherever the fuck the division was set, that, that had laws like friendly fire and that. Nah, it would... We don't do friendly fire. The dark zone. The dark zone. Jesus. But they've nailed that in the fog. And I wanted nothing more. Like, the original urge was like, shit, imagine how good this would be. You and a few of your pals. Like, alright, who's, uh, what do we need again? Somebody's like, oh, I need this because I've run out of fucking bullets for this rickety old pistol. And then somebody's like, well, I've got the violent shits. I'm going to need some herbs that we can't get here, we need to go in the fog to get them, and it's like, oh, well, we need to expand the base, so we're going to need more materials and resources than are, that are available in the immediate area, we're going to have to go into the fog to get it, because that's where the better rewards are, that's where the better loot is, and you can't do it, you're doing it by yourself, and they've fucked up, you fucked it, Konami, you fucked it, if Konami have listened to any of the criticism, the constructive criticism, that's if they can even find it, because they've been buried online for this fucking debacle. If they can find the constructive criticism, I sincerely hope that they're not just the pachinko machine company anymore. I hope they turn around and say, you know what it is? Like, we've, we believe in our game. We're seeing the people enjoying our game. And to the people who hate it, if you listen to this, if you hate it without playing it, you lose the right to have an opinion. Play it first. And I'm not going to lie, you're not going to enjoy the first hour to two hours of that game. But the same could be said of Assassin's Creed Origins. Dog shit for three hours and then unreal. Give it a chance. Just don't, if you have to, don't think of it as a Metal Gear game. Think of it as just Konami Presents Survive. Konami fucking D tier dear Konami fucking hell portal ness you know what I mean just think of it as something other than a Metal Gear game a lot of your mechanics are still there from Metal Gear 5 and Metal Gear 5 1 played very well 2 look fucking beautiful they both still apply they both still apply that's that's my thoughts that's my thoughts on Metal Gear Survive a game I really wanted to fucking hate I can't hate it. I want to. I really do want to. But I can't. I can't do it. I can't hate it. 
In fact, I want to go back and play it now. I want to play it some more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna secretly see that the multiplayer element I want isn't there. But do you know what I mean? I've got potatoes to worry about. I can't be worrying about getting other people into my game because I've got potatoes to worry about. And Gary, the fucking architect, had the shits for seven days. That isn't healthy. That man needs some fucking intestinal meds. That's what that man needs. You know what I mean? So that I just wanted to, I just wanted to get that off my chest. A game that should have been dog shit turns out that it's actually sneakily, sneakily under the hood. A very good game. So there you go. Consider yourself influenced. If you can get past that first couple hours, you're in for a treat. You are in for an absolute treat. And eventually you do get a hanging pot on your campfire. <laughs> you can start boiling your water before you drink it. And then the shits is like a thing of the past. The shits has gone the way of like pubic lice. Are they still a thing? You don't hear you don't hear of crabs much anymore, do you? Everybody with them pawn star trims. <laughs> put you put the bloody crab, the pubic crab on the endangered species list. You animals. You animals. Other than that, that's what I wanted to influence you on. However, that's not all I've got for you. A couple of little tidbits of news that I wanted to discuss. It's essentially one, really. It comes into the brat of remasters. Remasters. Burnout Paradise is coming back. Now, I don't rightly remember if I played Burnout Paradise. I've got recollection of a Burnout game. I just can't tell you if it was Paradise or Takedown. I'm a 33-year-old small boy, you know what I mean? The memory's not what it used to be. I buy and play every game. You can't expect us to remember which Burnout I played. But I do seem to recall the theme song, Paradise City, on the ads. It might have been the ads, or it might have been the start menu. Or I might have been just cruising around the streets listening to it. I cannot remember at this point. But, looking at all the... the, the what, what, what do you want to call it? It's like a... It's like a wave of enthusiasm for this Burnout Paradise. Like it's been it's been wanted. Now I can't really remember if I ever wanted Burnout Paradise back. But then again I'm not a big racer fan. I like Mario Kart. I really like Mario Kart. Every installment of Mario Kart. That's the type of racing game I'm in. Forza? Nah. I mean I'm sure you're beautiful. I'm sure you're absolutely beautiful. But if I'm in Forza and I'm riding along in the most stunning scenery you've ever seen... And somebody overtakes me, and I cannot hoy a shell at him, or turn myself into a bullet, then I'm out. I've got I've got no need for that. Like, it, very beautiful game, Forza, uh, Gran Turismo, also a very beautiful game, Mario Kart, uh, Crash Team Racing, Wipeout. They're the games. They're the racing games that get me. So Burnout Paradise getting a remaster, I will get in on that. I will get in on that, and I'll see just, just what the fuss is all about. And then, maybe maybe it'll change. Maybe me palette's matured as I've got older. Maybe I do need to give a racing game a try. Maybe I've just... Maybe Mario Kart was all-encompassing back in the day. I say back in the day. I mean, I still play Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on my Switch. But, like, I'll get it. I'll get it. The other remaster that's dropped, big news, Turok. Turok 1 and 2, N64, first person shooter juggernaut, Turok coming back, 
Xbox One. Not sure if it's PlayStation as well. Again, something I probably should have checked before this podcast started. Don't get on me back. I've been busy. Fucking killing sheep. Drinking dirty water. Listening to two sarky AIs go at it. While I've been generally trying to survive. So I didn't do research. All I know is it's definitely coming Xbox One. Because that's what I've been on. And I saw it in the store. That's where it stops for me. Turok was fucking unbelievable on the N64. When I heard, when I saw the remaster was coming, I jumped on, checked the trailer, checked some screenshots. That is not, that is not the standard of remaster I have come to expect in this day and age. Night Dive Studios. Turok was fucking class back in the day. So was Goldeneye. Goldeneye got a full remaster. Goldeneye got like that Goldeneye fucking reloaded or whatever it was on the 360. Turned out to be dog shit. You can't, I'm worried that you can't capture lightning in a bottle. And whatever Turok was, I don't know if a remaster, the level of remaster you've gave it, I don't know if that's enough to carry it now. You're in a rock, you're between a rock and a hard place, right? You can't put out the product that you're going to put out in my eyes. It looks like the N64 game, it just runs on the Xbox One. And maybe that's because I've got a warped perception of what the N64 game looked like. I don't know. Like, if I said to you now, remember Star Fox? And you'd be like, oh, fucking hell, Star Fox. And then you'd start thinking back about Star Fox. And it would play out in your head. You sitting on your arse, N64's there, pad in your hand with an inexplicable fucking dick bit in the middle. And you're just flying about and you're like, oh, this game's amazing and it looks amazing. If you go back now and look at what Star Fox looks like, it's like six shapes. The entire game's made up of six shapes. And then whatever you think it looks like in your head, that's on you. You've created that. You've remembered what Star Fox looked like to you then. But we've since seen more than 8-bit graphics, more than 64-bit graphics. Star Fox looked like dog shit. It really did. I'm sorry. I don't want to upset anybody. Star Fox, your ship was made out of three triangles. <laughs> there was nothing about it. But in my head, that motherfucker was like the Millennium Falcon. That motherfucker was like an X-Wing. It was highly detailed. No, sir. It was three fucking triangles. And then you've got to look at that and you've got to think, well, what did Turok look like? Maybe I'll go through my N64 box because I possibly have Turok sitting in my N64 box anyway. But the only things I ever, when I do dust off the N64... You better believe all I'm playing. WWF No Mercy. WCW vs NWO Revenge. That's it. That's all I'd dust off the N64 for. Them classic arcade wrestling games. Not like these wrestling sims now. Not like the 2K18s and that. Them quality arcade titles. That's what I'm dusting the N64 off for. And here's one for you. If this podcast makes it... I'm going to get into game development and I'm going to build a small team and I'm going to build a wrestling game. I'm going to build a wrestling game based on those games. That's what I'm going to do. And I might do it just like NXT. And if you're not a wrestling fan, that means fuck all of you. But never mind. Turok 1 and 2 do not look anywhere near as pretty as the standard remaster I have come to expect. And I think the standard remaster I couldn't expect, the bar's been set so high by that Crash Bandicoot remaster. Because they remastered that fucker from the ground up. 
know what I mean? Spyro's coming back. Motherfucking Spyro's coming back with a full remaster from the ground up. Chew rock. You're in a rock and a hard place because you can't remaster Chew Rock from the ground up and have it look anything close to what every other first person shooter on the market looks like. One, you don't have the time. Two, you don't have the money. I'd imagine. I don't have money's a concern. But like, Goldeneye didn't pull it off. Goldeneye didn't pull it off. So, I don't even think I'm going to get Turok. Unless all I've been looking at is <laughs> trailers and screenshots of the original Turok. Then there's always that chance. And maybe it has been remade from the ground up. And maybe it looks amazing. But again, I'm at this point... I'm not going to buy it until I've seen it. Until I've put eyes on, I'll watch somebody play it on Mixer. And I'll see if it's got enough nostalgic pangs. I'm going to see if it grabs us right by the nostalgia gland. Gives it a good squeeze. Gives it a bit tug on me, nostalgia gland. I'm going to wait and see if that happens. And if that does, then I'll get in on Turok 1 and 2. Replay them bad boys. But until then, I'll... depending on if that happens or not, if... If my nostalgia gland gets nothing more than a gentle stroking, then I'm I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it where it is. I'm just going to remember. I'm going to remember it for what it, what it is in my head. Much like the Star Fox thing. Sure, it looks a hell of a lot better in my head than the N64 version actually does. But there you go. There you go. I wouldn't have been... I, where has Chirok been? Don't get us wrong, if you were going to come out and there had been time and money spent on Turok coming back as a AAA third person, Turok could easily step into that AAA space. Like, Turok did enough on the N64 to step into that AAA space. If that came out, I'd, I'd be all over that. But to remaster that now, I don't know. It's a grey area. It's a grey area for old influenza. Boys and girls, that has been 40 minutes of franchise buys games talking about fucking Metal Gear Friday Snake's Day Off talking about Metal Gear Survive uh, if you've enjoyed what's happened here today from the get go from the whole take your shoes off thing if you've enjoyed what happened I'd very much appreciate it if uh, if you could jump on the iTunes which is pretty much the only place this is available I believe I haven't put it on SoundCloud or anything if you could jump on iTunes and just possibly leave us a review uh this is our little corner of the internet. And I think the community we've already built. We can be unstoppable, friends. Unstoppable. So, if you'd be so kind, jump on that iTunes podcast, on your Apple Podcasts app, uh, and leave us a review. Only if it's five stars, of course. Anything less. I mean, I'll settle for a four. Uh, anything less. Well, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Hmm? How's about that? Although the downside of that is if I don't get any reviews, then uh made a rod for my own back. Boys and girls, I am available on social medias. That Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search the franchise. P-H-R-A-N-C-H-I-Z-E. Not like the F one. I'm not like a McDonald's or anything. I'm not like a John Lewis. I am the franchise. Uh, and until next time... Liz.